Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Think not, Jesus said, that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Looking back at verse 34 for our focus, latter part, Jesus said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. Today the title of my message is, The Armies Are Assembling. Thank you, and you can be seated in God's presence. And we pray God will help us to preach this. The armies are assembling. Jesus speaking here to a crowd that was fully anticipating an earthly kingdom set up on his first visit. His first coming, I should say. Uh we're disappointed to find out that this is not the time to establish the thousand year millennial reign. This is not the time for Jesus to conquer Rome, as it were, and set up an earthly kingdom with him on the throne, at least not in a physical sense. And so Jesus is having to re-educate the mindset of his students and correcting what they learned in Bible college because they were learning men's wisdom, but they were not learning God's wisdom. And sometimes that is still a reality. Can I get an amen? And he said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. And it's interesting when we think of our meek and lowly Jesus, it's interesting to think of him as a commander-in-chief. It's interesting to think of him as a as a warrior because we see the tender loving good shepherd guiding his children along in green pastures and still waters we don't typically think of him as the leader of an army but that's exactly who he is he is both amen and jesus is setting the stage to help them understand that what he's fixing to do it's going to be a wrecking ball to everything as we know it. It's going to call everybody to repentance. And as a result, it's going to wreak havoc on the earth. Pagans and atheists have often been quoted as saying, the world's problem is religion. And if we could get rid of religion, the world would be at peace. And I believe it was even... Uh, the Beatles that wrote a song that alluded to that uh, kind of thought process. They're not entirely wrong. What I mean by that is if you removed all of man-made religion and everybody yielded to the true religion, which is the gospel, we would have peace. 
The problem this world has is that there's one truth that they don't want to adhere to. And so in rebellion, they rise up against the one pure and undefiled and true religion, which is the religion founded by Jesus Christ. And so we can have world peace if every other religion would bow down and repent and turn to Jesus. That would give world peace. But guess what? Until Jesus comes and sets up an earthly rule and reign, the world's going to continually fight over who's right and who's wrong because of man's pride in his heart. And from that day until this, wars are assembling. Armies are assembling. Uh, we could think uh, this morning of three kinds of armies that are assembling. First, we think about the armies of the earth. These are the natural armies, the literal armies, uh, the ar such as the United States of America's military, such as the military might of other nations in other countries. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 and verse number 7, And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end is not yet, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in divers or many places, and there shall be famines and troubles, these are the beginnings of sorrow. The armies of the earth today are assembling as prophesied in the Word of God. If you read the headlines and you pay attention to what's going on over in the Middle East, there's a war of brewing. And the armies of the earth are assembling themselves. Did you know that there is a movement, politically speaking, uh, commonly known as the Great Reset. And that's a lot of what they're trying to do right now to take advantage of the weakness of the earth with this pandemic on our hands is to try to uh, play monopoly with souls of men and nations and try to reconstruct uh, the political landscape of the entire earth. It is called the Great Reset. And that's because prophecy is being fulfilled before our very eyes. I hesitate to, to uh, sometimes to preach on this subject because I don't want to be misconstrued as, as a uh, sensationalist or, an, uh, uh, or forcing emotional thought, uh, provoking people to action through uh, uh, high emotions or, or manipulating people's fears or feelings. Uh, uh, God, I pray that God never helps me to manipulate people with my words. But I will say this, if truth motivates you to come to Jesus, then by all means, let's shout truth from the rooftop. And I must warn you of the times that we're in. Jesus also taught us, or the, book, the Bible taught us in the book of Revelation, chapter 19 and verse 19, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Of course, that's speaking of Jesus. And even as we speak, there's a great effort in the earth by the powers that be. They hate our God. They hate our Bible. They hate our churches. And here in America, they hate our religious freedoms. And uh, they are, they are uh, 
humming together to try to rob us of our freedoms, try to make war against the saints of God, and try to wreak havoc on the earth. And I will say that it is obvious that the armies of the earth are participating in Satan's plan to destroy mankind. The kingdoms, the countries, the nations, they're all at war. America is a tired country. We have been at war so long that we have grown numb to the notion of sending our soldiers across the seas. And heaven forbid that we ever get numb to that. We need to pray for our military. We need to pray for those who are serving and fighting for this country and our freedoms. Amen, church. And we salute you and we thank God for you. And we are weary with war because the armies of the earth are assembling and there's always unrest. And what they don't realize is it is just a natural outburst of a deeper problem which is more on a spiritual level. Not only are the armies of the earth assembling, but even in families we have war. Jesus also said in our text, I am come to set a man at variance against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Uh, If the truth be known, uh, more uh, families have been split and offended over the gospel probably than anything else. Somebody gets saved by the grace of God, starts living right, starts holding their family accountable. Next thing you know, the wife wants a divorce. Next thing you know, the children go into rebellion stage. And next thing you know, there's a division in the home, not because uh, the person that got right with God did anything wrong, but because no one else was willing to submit under the authority of Almighty God. We have armies assembling in our kingdoms, in our countries, in our nations, even right down to our families. Not only do we see the armies of the earth, but we see the armies of hell assembling. We could talk about sin. That's one of the tools of the armies of hell. We could talk about self and how Satan uses your self to his advantage in your life. If he could cause you and convince you to live a selfish life and not be sacrificial, amen, and giving like Christ teaches us to be, then hell will win the battle in your life. Uh, We could talk about Satan and all of the fallen angels, commonly known as devils or demons, and, and we do know that we are at war, and there is a spiritual warfare going on because the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so the armies of hell are assembling. They have always fought God. Uh, Amen. Uh, It started in heaven when Lucifer convinced a third of the angels to follow him instead of God Almighty. And of course, we remember how God kicked him out of heaven and it's been chaos on the earth ever since. We, uh, We also know that society is one of Satan's tools to work against us because he is the prince of the power of the air Uh, amen and he's the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience have you ever noticed the common thread of rebellion amongst those who don't know christ as their savior have you ever wondered why there are certain problems in certain regions of the world that never die even though generations have passed it's because spirits don't die people die but them spirits are very much alive and the same foul spirit 
that tied your ancestors up in drugs and alcohol that's tying you up today is at work and trying to destroy your life just like it destroyed everybody else's life. But Jesus came to break the chains of addiction. Jesus came to interrupt Satan's plans in your life. And you need to know that you are at war with more than yourself, more than sin and more than society. But you are at war with the one who wants to rob you, steal, kill, and destroy your soul. Can I get an amen? The armies of hell are coming up against you. I don't understand why people want to hold on to their sin, hold on to their selfishness, hold on to what society is selling them when they know deep down inside that it's not bringing them happiness. Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 28, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Many today live without a fear of God. And the armies of hell have convinced you to fear anything but God. And many people today will thrust their fists in the face of God and act like they don't need God. And they might even make the statement, I don't need God. I don't need that Jesus. I don't need that religion. And the devil's convinced you it's nothing but a book of fairy tales that's been proven false and and the devil's been lying to you. Amen. The devil's been deceiving you and you need to realize that the very armies of hell are after your soul and you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, the only one that's found fighting for you and in in your corner to try to save you. The armies of hell are assembling Not only that, but thirdly and lastly, the armies of the living God are also assembling. When we talk about armies, and we talk about God's armies, there are many armies to reference. We could go, for example, to when God sent the plagues to uh, all of Egypt uh, so that he would convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And when God would send the pestilence, the Bible referred to those pestilence as the armies of God. God can use anything. He can manipulate circumstances. He can manipulate uh, uh, natural disasters. He can do anything He wants to. God has so many ways to to whoop you. Amen. Uh, You need to just wise up and realize you're not going to fight against God Almighty. Amen. The armies of God. We think about the angels. Even Christ Himself said that He could call for 12, I believe it was 12 legions of angels to rescue him from those that sought to crucify him. But thank God he was willing to give his life uh, and he did not call for help. Uh, He willingly laid down his life. They did not take it from him. He willingly gave his life because the armies of the living God prevail even through death. Somebody say amen. The angels could have come to his rescue and you my friend have angels watching over you especially if you're a believer but i believe that god even posts angels round about those who are lost uh, giving them every chance to escape death giving them every chance to turn their life over the lord jesus christ giving them every chance uh, to put their hope in christ before it's eternally too late 
We could talk about ambassadors. Ambassadors are part of God's army. Those uh, who are willing to represent His cause, uh, speak His word, and proclaim His name. Do you realize that I am enlisted in the army of the living God? Do you realize that if you're saved by the grace of God today, that you are also enlisted in the army of the living God? Uh, And as an ambassador, you are a representative. You are a foot soldier for Jesus. Amen. And I say, let God arise and let His enemies be scattered as God's ambassador ambassadors begin to speak the word of God throughout the earth uh, and shake kingdoms uh, and shake nations uh, and, uh, and watch God turn things around as his word is proclaimed throughout the earth. I see a great move of God on the horizon. I see where God is going to raise up many in these last days uh, to sound the trumpet, uh, the gospel trumpet. Have you ever thought about this? Uh, when Jesus said at midnight there was a cry made, "Go ye, the bride, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I wonder if that's prophetic, uh, metaphorically speaking, of the intensity in which we are hearing the cry today from churches all across this land and around the world that the bridegroom's coming. Be prepared to meet him. Amen. I believe that the closer we get to the trumpet sounding, the louder we're going to hear God's preachers calling the warning, sounding the alarm, saying, repent, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is soon coming. Amen. And I believe that when the Bible talks about that last trump, it could be that that part of that trump is not only a literal sound from heaven, but it could be the trumpet of God's thunderous voices throughout the earth making one final cry, repent and turn your heart and life uh, over to Jesus Christ. Uh, God taught his preachers to cry loud and spare not uh, and lift up your voice like a trumpet uh, and show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob their sins. You say, preacher, why do you holler when you preach? Uh, Well, I just gave you a Bible verse for it. Amen. Uh, I'm sounding the alarm because sometimes we need to be shaken up a little bit. Uh, Sometimes we need to be awakened out of our sleep uh, and it'd be one thing if I didn't have nothing to say uh, but I have plenty to say amen I, I've got a lot of content to share with you today uh, and I can't scream it loud enough uh, I can't exert enough energy I wish I had a loudspeaker the whole world could hear uh, so I'm just going to preach to you like you are the world amen uh, but may Jesus name be exalted throughout the earth uh, and may we sound his name aloud without apology God spoke to me over a year ago, get as loud as you can, raise your voice. So we began to assemble an effort to, uh, to, to start a radio ministry. And now God's put us on three radio stations and gave, put a generous donor in our ministry that covers the bill every month. We give God the glory for that. But my point is now time not to be quiet, not to be intimidated, not to be shy and not to be bashful and not to be apologetic because you're a Christian now's the time for God's armies to assemble and arise and say that as for me and my house uh, we will serve the Lord we will not bend we will not bow we will not cave we will not worship the gods of this world we will worship Jesus Christ uh, till he comes uh, or calls us home but God forbid uh, that we cower down uh, to weak society amen and I call them weak because they think they're strong They think they're mightier than us. 
But the Bible says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the Bible admonishes the Christian in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You say, Preacher, that Bible offends me. Good. It's doing its job. Amen. It ought to offend you. That's exactly right. We, we don't need to apologize for it. We need to start proclaiming it. Quit trying to rewrite it and start rereading it and then say it. I like to say it this way. God help me to preach to man as he is with the Bible as it is. Amen. I, don't, I cannot rewrite the love letter. God sent to you. All I can do is deliver the mail and pray you open it and read it. Amen. And God help us to be rid, may this world be rid of the preachers so-called that rewrite the script and try to make it adaptable so as to make it cushiony and comfortable. But may God help us to have some salty preaching again, the kind that calls our sin out and calls us to repentance and causes us to draw closer to the Lord. I mean, this kind of preaching ought to cause you you, uh, amen. Sometimes you ought to leave church uh, so embarrassed uh, that you feel like you should crawl up under a rug and hide. Amen. Uh, uh, it ought to put you under so much conviction uh, that you're ashamed or embarrassed to even talk to anybody until you go in your prayer closet and get things right with the Lord. Amen. Uh, and if you don't get that from time to time, uh, I'm sorry for you. And I pray that God, the good Holy Ghost, will begin to work you over because I tell you there's only one perfect uh, in all of existence and His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, and Every one of us got something to work on. Amen. Uh, from the preacher to the pew uh, to the street outside. Uh, there ain't none of us holy but Jesus. Uh, but I tell you what, I've got a perfect Savior and i got a perfect book. Uh, and if we can all preach uh, higher than us and reach for it, uh, God, the Holy Ghost will begin to convict uh, and to change. You, know, you know what the word conviction means? Uh, it means you'll be found guilty before God uh, and you'll be convinced of your guilt. Amen. Have you ever had the Holy Ghost convince you of something? Amen. Uh, the hammer of the Word of God will prevail over your stubbornness, honey. You can ignore it. You can dodge it. But somewhere along the road, uh, way down the road, you're going to wake up at night and ain't, can't nothing, you, can't, you can't wash it out of your mind. You can't get it off your mind. You can watch TV. You can try to distract yourself. But the longer you go, the more it eats at you until you finally surrender to Jesus Christ. And I pray for drawing power. Amen. That God will begin to shake you loose from the grips of hell, the armies of hell that have got a hold on you, trying to keep you from giving your life to Jesus. Honey, I'm telling you, I'm praying God will put such drawing power on you that it'll almost be irresistible. Amen. That you'll come with your chains and all and finally surrender to Jesus Christ. The armies of heaven are also assembling and there is going to be a great showdown before very long. And you better be ready for that day. And you better make sure that you're fighting in the right army. Because <laughs> there's only one of them going to win. Amen. There's only one army going to win, and that's the army of the Lord Jesus. So you better make sure you're in, in the right army. <laughs> Amen. God's angels, God's ambassadors. <laughs> Whew, you know what David said? He said, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, I ain't putting up with this junk. Somebody got to stand up for the name of the Lord. Amen. Where's your backbone, Christian? Why are you afraid to whisper Jesus' name in public? 
Hello. Amen. God set our souls on fire. You know how you know when you're set on fire? You know you're set on fire when your tongue starts talking about Jesus. Because this fire will burn out the dross in your heart. Amen. This fire will set you on fire for God. If you want to know what the sign of being filled with the Spirit of God is, it's that you might speak boldly the gospel no matter what the consequences. You study the lives of the disciples. And tell the Holy Ghost and do them with power from on high. They were in hiding. They were running for their lives, most of them. All but John. And that's because he was so close to the heartbeat of Jesus. Amen. That he had the strength that he needed. But I, I've learned that when God fills his church with his spirit, his spirit ain't going to sit quiet. What did the Spirit come to do? To convict and to convince the world of their sin and their need of a Savior. They, he's come to point people to Jesus. And you can say you're Spirit-filled because you read your Bible. You can say you're Spirit-filled because you attend church. But if you never share the, your faith with others and the Lord Jesus Christ, then you and I both have got work to do. God, fill me so much that it comes out of my mouth. Amen? That's exactly right. Anybody has got one of them old sinks, you can put a stopper in it and run it, and it's got that little plug right there where it drains that keeps it from overflowing. Amen. God don't have that plug. He wants it to overflow. He wants it to come out of you, come gushing. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Where's your testimony for Jesus? Are you waiting on the preacher to win all your friends and family to the Lord? I, I got news for you. It ain't going to happen. You can bring them to church. I might even go visit them with you if you'll take me with you. But the chances of me meeting everybody in your life and telling them about Jesus are slim to none. But if every one of us get on fire for God and sound the gospel trumpet, amen, we would see God's army rising up and making the difference and being the salt and light we're supposed to be in this world. The armies of the living God are assembling. Are you going to join in the army? Are you going to join in the effort? Are you, have you gotten lazy as a Christian? Have you been apathetic? Amen. Have you been just uh, uh, at ease in Zion? Just uh, putting it in cruise control and uh, just looking for a nice comfortable existence? Don't ruffle my feathers, preacher. Don't ask me to too, do too much. Don't ask me to do too little. We got Christians today that choose their level of engagement and comfort and park it right there. Never upsetting the apple cart. Never uh, thinking outside of the box. Never getting outside of their comfort zone. Uh, but God give us some Christians uh, that'll step out and walk on water if that's what God calls them to do. Amen. Because we're an army of the living God and it's time that we start living like it. Amen, Amen church. It's time that we start talking like it. It's time that we start worshiping like it. It's time that we quit worrying about what other people say about us, what other people think about us, what other people might have, they might label us. Uh, by the way, you need to know this as a church, so we can just go ahead and get this off out of the way right now. I have been accused of being, uh, let's see, charismatic, Pentecostal, Church of God, and I don't know how many others. They, uh, they, say, they call me anything but Baptist. They hear the way I preach. They go, you ain't no Baptist. How many of y'all said that about me? Be honest. Raise your hand. Amen. Y'all too scared, ain't you? Y'all too scared to raise your hand. Many of you have said that about me. It's not that I'm not Baptist. 
It's just I'm, I'm excited about the doctrines of the Word of God. Amen. I, I get excited about it. Amen. I'm talking about eternal security. I can't lose my salvation if I tried. Did you know that? Oh, that preacher's preaching heresy. No, what's heresy is when you claim that the blood of Jesus don't have enough power to keep you after it washes you. That's heresy. That's heresy. If he saves you, he can keep you. You never could save yourself to start with. What makes you think you can keep yourself saved? Now that you are, study your Bible. The Bible teaches us that positionally, once you're saved, you're in Christ and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of redemption. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, present tense, everlasting life. Let me ask you something. If you presently have everlasting life, when is it going to end? Never. He didn't say, we're going to wait and see. We're going to put you on a probation period and see, and then we might give you everlasting life down the road. But let's see how you do first. That's false doctrine. And I get excited because I can preach to you that the blood is so powerful that it takes care of everything, past, present, and future, and it motivates you to serve God. Amen. I, I'm not giving you a license to sin. I'm giving you a license by the Word of God to overcome sin through the power of the blood. Somebody say amen this morning. And I get excited about salvation. I get excited about the Holy Spirit of God and His work in the believer. I mean, my Lord, God lives on the inside of me. How can somebody so big move into somebody so small and it not show up some kind of way? God, help us to rise up and be who He's called us to be. Amen, church? Let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. We have angels. We are ambassadors. We have the anointed one to fight for us. Uh, I'm going to close with Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. He said, I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war now this is jesus uh, coming down in the armies of the earth one day uh, during the uh, right at the end of the great tribulation period uh, the antichrist and all his superpowers that he's uh, uh, brought together to try to he knows what's coming Amen. He's going to try his best to blow Jesus out of the sky. He's going to gather up every uh, a piece of weaponry arsenal. Amen. Even, even up, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't launch uh, nuclear warheads at him. You say, that's crazy. It sounds crazy, but read your Bible. He's going to come and Jesus is going to come galloping through the sky. Just cool, calm, and collected. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Not got a concern in the world because he's got enough power to speak one word and it's going to eradicate all of his enemies. Amen. Read it. His, his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Hallelujah. That's uh, reminding us of the power of the blood shed on our behalf on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible said his name is called the Word of God. Amen. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. That's me and you. After we've done being raptured out of here, now we're coming back after we spent the marriage supper of the Lamb with the Lord Jesus for seven years on a, amen, a, a, a prior to the millennial reign of Christ. And we're going to come back on white horses with him. Amen. Uh, and it said that the armies which were in heaven followed him, uh, clothed in fine linen, white 
and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of of the wrath of Almighty God. He may have come the first time as a Savior, but He's coming the next time as King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming as the ruler of the earth. He's coming as the one who is going to rule with the rod of iron. And the Bible said, And He hath on His vesture and on His thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And in my King James Bible, all of that's all caps and adequately so. Somebody say amen right there. Verse 17, I I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven come and gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sat sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war with him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh which army are you in today the armies are assembling. The armies of the earth, the armies of hell, and the armies of the living God. There's only one going to win that battle. So you might as well enlist today, amen. Everybody standing to your feet, every head bowed and every eye closed. You need to know that Jesus is coming. And right now, there's still room at the cross for you. You give your life to Jesus. I wouldn't put it off another moment. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Ron if you'd come up and just stand up here with me in case somebody comes and needs to give their life to the Lord. Brother Ron knows his Bible and he can lead you to Jesus as easily as I can, probably better. <laughs> Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're down here in the front. Now let me tell you something. You can call on God right where you're at. The formality of walking up to the front has nothing to do with whether you get saved or not. But we're here to guide you if you want that understand this though if you believe in the gospel if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin shed his blood on Calvary and you believe that he got up three days later out of the grave and resurrected then you can put your faith in him today for forgiveness of sin and the power to help you turn from it and God will save you immediately and he'll save you eternally no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Would there be one in the building today that say, Preacher, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. Would you just pray for me? I'm really concerned about my salvation and I want to get it settled, but I'm scared and I'm nervous and I don't want nobody to know it, but I want you to pray for me. And I won't call you out and I won't embarrass you, but I will pray for you if you be honest and just show me by lifting up of the hand. Anybody in the building just concerned that you know that you need to make things right with the Lord? Anybody in the building at all? If you're watching by way of internet, you can call on God right there in your living room, sir. 
Ma'am, if you're listening to this, going down the road, driving your vehicle right now, you can call on God. My daddy pulled over on the side of the road in a little 78 Ford pickup and called on the name of God, made that uh, seat his altar, got saved by the grace of God. For the Bible said, whosoever shall call on his name shall be saved. If you're ready to give your heart and life to Jesus, you're ready to turn from your sin. You can pray something like this, and you pray it with me. But you pray your own words, meaning your heart. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need to be forgiven. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you got up three days later. And I receive you by faith to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me from this day forward to serve you and to realize and walk in my new identity as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around. If you prayed that prayer, mean it with all your heart. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to slip up your hand and let me see it. If you're there watching online, would you message me? Send me a private message. Let me know, preacher. I called on the Lord today. I gave my heart and life to Jesus. I'll send you some material to help you grow in your walk with God. I'll even schedule a call and talk to you if you need me to or want me to. Love to fellowship with you and, and have a talk and, and share what God has in store for you through his word. Now, if you're here today and you're a Christian and you say, preacher, I'm saved, but I ain't been living right or I ain't been a person. God spoke to me about being lazy or apathetic or something's not right. And I know that I need to, to walk closer to the Lord. Would you pray for me, preacher? Would you be honest and just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. I'm going to start right here. I want you to pray for me. I'm raising my hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to get honest with you today. Help us to be willing to admit that we fall way short of who we're supposed to be for you. God, as time quickly approaches the end of days, the end of time as we know it, help each and every one of us to be found faithful serving you. God, help us to get victory over the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, selfishness, sin, Satan, and society. Help us to get victory over all that. And may we re-enlist in the army of the living God and serve you faithfully till you come or call us home. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. God's children say amen. Thank you. God bless you. You're at liberty to go.